0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Each week, ha, that's a lie, uh, but once upon a time I used to say uh, each week I would review one entry in the bibliography of Stephen King in the chronological order of publication, and what I've been doing lately, again, not necessarily lately, but my last focus, the, the most, the latest focus of the Stephen King cast, um, is to examine the endings of the works of Stephen King to determine whether or not he has earned... Um, earns not the right word, but, um, you know, he has a reputation for not being able to successfully land his endings, and so what I've been doing with the, the last stretch of the Stephen King cast is to examine whether or not that's accurate by holding up the endings... Um, under a, a microscope and asking a series of questions to determine whether or not the endings are quote-unquote good. Uh, but today is a little bit different. Uh, today, what I'm going to be doing, as you all know, there's a new Stephen King book out. Rejoice! Rejoice! It's always wonderful when we have a new Stephen King book. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about later. And if you haven't read later yet, well, check in later. Later. Let me get right to it, okay? So I'm going to read the Wikipedia summary so we have a basis upon which I can build my analysis. Wikipedia. Set in the late 2000s and the early 2010s, later is narrated by its main character, Jamie Conklin, a boy living with his single mother, Tia, in New York City. Jamie has the ability to see and talk to the dead. The dead people can talk that he can talk to must answer all of his questions truthfully. When he is very young, Jamie is traumatized after a man who was killed in a car accident near Central Park waves at him despite being dead. When he's a few years older, he also talks to Mona, the late wife of Professor Martin Burkett, a neighbor and friend of the Conklans. The only one who knows about Jamie's powers is his mother. Jamie also has an uncle named Harry, who lives in a care home due to having early-onset Alzheimer's disease. Tia is a literary agent. Her star client Reggie uh, Regis-Thompson writes best-selling romance novels set in Roanoke in the Roanoke colony. After the Great Recession, Jamie and his mother lose much of their money, but are still able to get by thanks to Thomas' work. Around this time, Tia begins dating Elizabeth Liz Dutton, a New York City Police Department detective. When Regis suddenly drops dead... Uh, before finishing the final book of his Roanoke series, Tia fears her literary agency will face bankruptcy. She and Liz drive Jamie out to Regis's house, where he talks to the deceased author and tells his mother the plot of the final book. Tia writes the final book herself and publishes it. The book is a massive success, and the Conklins earn much of their lost money back. Soon after, Tia finds drugs in the pocket of Liz's jacket. Outraged that she would bring drugs into her home, Tia breaks up with her and kicks Liz out of her apartment many years later when jamie is in middle school liz who is at risk of losing her job with the nypd picks up jamie after school one day and out of desperation has him use his powers to talk to the dead to thwart the plot of a serial bomber known as thumper thumper real name named kenneth theriot or theriot committed suicide after planting one final bomb somewhere in the city liz has jamie talk to the deceased theriot who reveals the bomb's location After the incident, Jamie is haunted by Theriot, who does not vanish after a few days unlike all the other dead spirits Jamie has talked to. He follows Jamie and makes false prophecies about how his mother will die from cancer and how Jamie will develop Alzheimer's like his uncle Harry. Jamie talks with his former neighbor, Professor Martin Burkett, who tells Jamie about an ancient Tibetan ritual he could use to combat the demon-possessing Thariold. Later, when Jamie sees him again, he lunges at the dead man and refuses to let go. Uh, Thariult, terrified, promises to leave Jamie alone. Jamie also makes the mysterious force that's possessing him, what Jamie calls the deadlight, promise to come back if he whistles for it. Soon after Professor Burkett dies before departing, Ther- uh, Burkett speaks to Jamie and warns him not ever to summon the deadlight. After some more time passes, Jamie is kidnapped by Liz, who he has not seen in years. Liz, now a drug addict, admits that she used her position as a cop to participate in drug trafficking. Liz forcibly takes Jamie to the mansion of her boss, a drug kingpin, who is hiding what Liz uh, believes is to be a giant supply of Oxycontin. Liz wants to find the pills and sell them, and then use the money to move to the West Coast and change her identity. After murdering the drug kingpin, Donald Marston, Liz forces Jamie to ask him where he hid the drugs. Donald leads them to a panic room in his library. Liz is enraged when she finds the pill supply is much smaller than she expected. Fearing for his life, Jamie whistles and summons the deadlight, which kills Liz. The deadlight, now stronger, tries to break free of Jamie's control over it and makes Jamie its slave. Jamie, refusing to give in, retains control of the deadlight before forcing it to leave again. After it vanishes, Jamie calls the police and is returned home safely. Years later, when Jamie is in high school, Tia calls him and tells him that Harry, Harry Uncle Harry, uh, not Harry Uncle, has died of pneumonia. Jamie travels to the care home and talks to the dead uncle. He asks Harry who his father is. Harry says that he is Jamie's father. Jamie refuses to ask for the details of his incestuous con- conception and does not say anything to his mother. He grows up troubled by the fact that he might develop early onset Alzheimer's like his uncle, but tries to remain hopeful about the future about the um let's talk about the book so the first thing i think is that we need to talk about is the comparisons to sixth sense the sixth sense so when you start reading it it is um natural to make that comparison um and then when you realize um what's happening and think about it you know the young the single mom the young kid who sees dead people um you know you you immediately think the sixth sense and then um acknowledges king acknowledges the comparison right away which which i liked um on page 24 you know so he he puts it out there on on front street so we so he's in on it with us um you know i mean the the kid says right away jamie says so yeah i see dead people as far as i can remember i always have but it's not like that movie with bruce willis um and, and and goes on there um what's good about the book is that um, you know King establishes the humanity of the story and it it, it feels for a, a good portion um, very akin to something like elevation um it it, it, it it fit the tone and the the retrospective look on on, on just life and asking some philosophical questions and um, what's good about this is when I picked up the book they had re-released Colorado Kid. I know a lot of people have asked me to get around to doing Colorado Kid, so um, I have the Colorado Kid. I will be reading it shortly, and um, I'm excited about that. Now, I so of the of the three, I've only read two. I've read Later, and I've read Joyland, which I really like. Um, but back to back to Later, so. King spends his time establishing Jamie's ability. He does a really good job with that. Um, the mom's financial situation. You know, he really builds um, a, a recognizable reality around these characters that makes the story uh, pop. You know, and you know, for a good chunk of the story, the seeing dead people is very naturalistic. It's not stylized. It's not even horrific. You know, he has very honest conversations with people who happen to be dead and then they go away and it doesn't really impact Jamie's life too much. But what's important here is that King spends the time normalizing, speaking with the dead people. Um, for one reason and one reason only to contrast that when Thumper, I'm just going to refer to him as Thumper, when Thumper dies and the the spirit that he encounters Um, how it is different than the ones that we have encountered prior to that. So that's really important. And just as a Stephen King reader, it's just super cool. So here are my final thoughts on the book, because I want to just talk about something. Um, I want to talk about something here. And, and, And that is the book is good. I really enjoyed it. I just really... It's hard to take your time with this book because it flies by. Um, There's not a lot to it. It's lean, it's mean, it's poignant, it's sweet, it's reflective, it's philosophical. Um, It's, you know, it's a crime book, but it's also just... Packed with what you want out of Stephen King um, in so many more ways than one. It's another coming-of-age tale that he does so well. It, you know, it checks off a lot of the boxes that you happen to like about Stephen King. Um, and it also gives you a treat. So one of the joys that we all have as Stephen King readers, and especially the Stephen King super fans, is knowing that he likes to make those connections. And knowing that, uh, you know, when you read, you never know what you're going to get in terms of a connection or an Easter egg or a reference. You know, re- you know reading uh, this book, knowing that it's, you know, a true crime book, I, I, I don't expect it to be set in Derry or Castle Rock or even really a mention of it. You know, I'm sure that, you know... I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, we I got one of those as I was reading it. wasn't, you know, really thinking that it was going to happen. And and but even if it did, it's just kind of you know par for the course, right? So you can only imagine my surprise when he did what he did in this book. He hid pretty major self uh you know easter egg in the middle of this book that is pretty mind-blowing um you know i don't want to say that it like you know rocks the multiverse but it was such a big reference to a big part of his bibliography that just it it just made you just stop dead in your tracks and the, the, the 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 kind of joy that you get when something like this happens, is specific to reading a Stephen King book for the first time. There is no other type of emotion that is similar to it. And I'm not being hyperbolic here. It, it is, you know, Stephen King's career is singular in nature. No one has really carved the particular niche that he has, and niche is not the right word because he is a massive influence on our on our generation on generations and on our pop culture and on culture itself. Um, So Nietzsche is not the right word, but he has, you know, his, his role in fiction and his role in our society and the way in which we interact with him is unique. Therefore, the experience that we have when reading his books and getting moments like the one that I'm dancing around is unique. And it's such a such a joy that I, you know, now that I'm a little bit older and knowing that this joy, and I want to be a De- Debbie Downer here, it's not going to last forever. Um, I just really appreciate when these moments happen. so, is what happens when Thumper starts to haunt Jamie and Jamie goes to Professor Burke and Professor Burke thinks it's a demon. And then he says that the only way to get rid of it And motherfucker just drops, he just name drops the ritual of Chud, the ritual of Chud. Like this is not something that has been mentioned outside of it. And so to bring it up, like as I say it, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm smiling now. It just makes you happy. It doesn't lead to anything. It doesn't mean that the losers are in it. Doesn't even mean it's the return of Pennywise. Hey, I'm wearing some Pennywise socks that my wife got me for um, my birthday this past year. It's funny. I didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't mean to wear these socks um, as I recorded this. But um, going back, it, it doesn't mean that this is the return of Pennywise. It, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't even mean that the losers exist in this world um, on this particular level of of the tower. in this, it's different. It's a different world existing in, in King's multiverse. But doesn't mean that it wasn't awesome. Doesn't mean that it didn't put a smile on my face, and I'm sure that it put a smile on yours as well. But just to know that the ritual of chud, um, you know, exists um, in this book, you know, it, it, it was just great. And you know, knowing that you know we are going to make that connection, Stephen King didn't have to mention the deadlights, and to have the deadlights, you know, you know, be a part of this. And I know, I, I know, there's going to be lot of fans being calvin towers and and pulling everything apart and and seeing how this i think some people are going to take it and they're going to they're going to shove it right into it and they're going to they're going to try and make a lot of sense of 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 this um but i i would say that that based on what we see here of this this entity and the fact that it it's powers are, are so minuscule compared to the deadlights as we had um, known those deadlights to be in, uh, in It, I, I wouldn't say that this is the, the, the entity that we were familiar with that took the form of Pennywise um, Similar in nature? Sure, yes um, Of the, the the same source? Most likely, I mean the deadlights Is it an offshoot? Maybe. Maybe it's, you know, maybe Richie, spoiler for It, didn't stop um, all of the eggs that were in the lair and maybe one, you know, escaped into the multiverse. And maybe this is a little baby version of, of It out there. Not quite as powerful. Maybe. Um, but man, uh, the descriptions of the Deadlights were, were beautiful. Um, the 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 confrontation, Um, with the, this entity, whatever it is, was, was great. And just knowing that it was the ritual of Chud, again, it just puts a smile on all of us constant readers. Okay. So, I mean, I just, I really, I mean, that's, that's the bulk of it. That's, that's the biggest thing as a Stephen King reader. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, uh, um, speculate about this too much, uh, but I just think that it was such a cool moment. Um, but you know that even if that didn't happen, if none of the ritual of Chud happened, and it was just an evil spirit, and it was or just an evil entity without the references to the deadlights, without the the ritual of Chud, this is still a really good book. It's a really good read that goes by really fast. You know the Liz's abduction of Jamie. Um, you know the 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 tension of waiting for that moment when Jamie is going to call to to Thumper. It's, it's it's all good it's just it's really really well done um you know the biggest thing here that doesn't work and i'm going to get to it is is the, the uncle harry thing the the reveal that uncle harry is really jamie's father um, it's unnecessary it's not enough to detract because it occurs towards the end Um, And I'm going to talk about the end at length because the Stephen King cast has morphed into a conversation around the endings of Stephen King. So I'm going to actually, I've given my overall thoughts. I liked it, and now it's going to segue into, um, you know, the ending. And so um, what I'm going to do, as I have been doing, I am now talking about the end. The end alone, because Stephen King has a reputation... For not being able to finish his endings, and what the podcast has been um, for over a year, um, though I have not been recording much lately, um, has been a focus on the endings, um, specifically um, looking at and and what's been good about this is we've been able to to really break apart. W- what do we mean by it's not a good ending? Like w- what constitutes as the ending? When do we? When does the ending start? So, um, I have been really looking at the ending from everything from the the climax on. So from the climax, falling action, and resolution of the endings, and breaking it down by character, by themes, by conflict, and plot to determine or not it meets the criteria of being an objectively good ending. I'll also weigh in on whether or not I like the ending. So we're really going to talk about. Everything from the point of uh, Jamie being abducted um, onward. So the climax is the abduction of Jamie, the summoning of Thumper, of the Deadlights. The falling action is Liz dying, um, the, 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 the police showing up. The resolution is the father reveal and the foreboding future of his, his genetic makeup. So what is the criteria for a good ending? So, a number of questions um, is is what I like to apply towards the ending. So, one question is, does it provide an appropriate conclusion to its characters that is consistent with the characters' actions, conflicts, or themes of the book? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, Jamie had warned I'm sorry, Burkett had warned Jamie about summoning the thing this hovered over Jamie um, Jamie knew that he was going to have to do it um, we, we knew that Liz was on a downward trajectory um, this was a you know, it, it, it wrapped up um, every character here very nicely um, and I'm actually going to get to more of Jamie as a character within the theme um, but Liz's yeah, just her her, her spiral downwards, um, and and how as she spirals down, her erratic and dangerous behavior increases is fully in line with this character, and um, this is this is and it creates that cross section where King is able to, um, you know, it's it's the cross section between um, you know where the crime that she is committing, meets the supernatural, um, and it's just that sweet spot right in the middle. Um, and it's, it's character-based. We have the character who can see dead people, we have the character who is a uh, crooked cop um, that uh, is, is making very, very dangerous decisions about our characters. So yeah, I would say, and in terms of conclusion, their stories are, are wrapped up um, nicely. And does it successfully wrap up the plot? Specifically, do the events build upon one another with consistency? And I would say yes. By the very nature of um, the structure of this book, um, with constant references to what will occur later on, he creates a landing strip for his readers and for himself to guide the plot to safety. The horror component of the book is teased from the get-go as is Liz's treachery, the reveal of his father and basically everything of note that will happen to Jamie. It doesn't detract from the potency of the reading experience. Instead, King plants flags ahead of time, and reaching each flag is like a small hit of serotonin once we arrive at the plot point that was teased earlier in the story. Furthermore, uh, the two tracks of the plot, like I said, the, the Liz crime plot and the Deadlights plot, collide successfully in the conclusion of the book. Because the novel is so short, there's no wasted space. It's a lean book that rockets us, us through Jamie's life without sacrificing him as a character. So, yes, in terms of plot, it, the plot builds upon itself um, and, and, and everything is wrapped up nicely. Does the conclusion serve the theme, symbolism, and motifs of the book? yes. In the end, the reveal of his father and the existence of the thing existing within the Thumper spirit are thematically linked to one another. The genetics that cursed Jamie's father, uncle, still most likely exist within him, waiting to explode and take him uh, and take with them his sense of self. Similarly, the deadlight creature still exists out there, somewhere, a horror hiding within the decaying visage of what was once a human being. It's not hard to draw the line from the dangerous thing existing within one shell to the dangerous thing existing within the other shell. Both rob the owner of identity and control, and the fear of both comes from the unknown of when the attack will occur. So yes, the conclusion does serve the theme, the symbolism, and the motifs. Next question, um, Was the most famous scene in the novel, and does it appear in the conclusion of the story? It's too early to tell because this just came out. Um, are there other factors that we need to consider? Um, yeah, the Ritual of Chud and the Deadlights, which I talked about, um, that that plays a role in, in how much we enjoy the ending and both factor into the ending of the book. Um, but one other factor is the unnecessary incest revelation. It does work in terms of the themes, Okay but your mileage may vary on how much you enjoy it. And as much as we try to keep these things as subjective as possible, I'm sorry, objective as possible, subjectivity does play a part. Um, I couldn't help but think there was a book by Dean Kuntz um, at one point. Uh, You know, I used to read a lot of Dean Kuntz. Uh, I I can't remember what the book was, but I could have sworn there was like a teleporting murderer who was a product of incest i think or he was able to give birth to himself or some something like that i can't remember i her, being a hermaphrodite had had to play a role anyway that the reason i mention it is that it was what occurred at the end was ringing a bell of of that um absurd book um I couldn't I couldn't help but, but think of that. Does any does anyone know what I'm talking about? Am I making this up? I I, I don't think I am making it up. I think that th- this lunacy actually exists in a Dean Koontz book out there. So if anyone knows what I'm talking about, please write into Stephen Kingcast at yahoo.com. Anyway, two questions. So based on everything that I just talked about, do I like the ending? From everything that I talked about, yes, I like the ending. And is it a good ending? Yes, I think that it is a good ending. The incest reveal notwithstanding, um, it, it, it that does not detract from the novel at all. It doesn't affect the character as we know him. It affects the life of the character from the story onward. And even though it isn't fully necessary, um, as I stated in my discussion of the theme, it ties the external conflict to the theme of the novel. So, yes... Um, the incest part, um, actually works in favor of the novel. So, um, so it was great. It was great. I I really enjoyed reading it. Um, and I was going to read a lot of sections, um, you know, from, from the book. Um, but, um, but I'm actually not going to, uh, instead there's one thing that I, I, uh, (laughs) I read that that, cra- that that cracked me up um, and it's on page 78. Um, and I think that it, it kind of um, speaks to everyone listening to this podcast right now. It's when Jamie is talking to Mr. Burkett. And, you know, Mom says, and they're, they're talking about a story, and no more, Mom said, let him read the stories and find out for himself. Always best, M- Mr. Burkett agreed, and perhaps we'll discuss them, Jamie. You mean you'll discuss them while I listened, I thought, but that would be okay. And that's kind of what you're all doing right now. Um, while uh, you're all listening while I discuss. Um, so... Thank you everyone for listening again. So uh, what I'm going to do now I'm going to read the, the Stephen Kingisms um, before getting to the Easter eggs. Um, and so what we have for Stephen Kingisms, which are the tricks and traits and tropes that we see from book to book to book. We have a child with powers. Uh, we have a dead ghost bicyclist. Um, we have the, which is the, the Central Park man in this book. Most famously, we have Victor Pascal from Pet Cemetery. Alcoholism plays a role in this book. It's not the first time that we have seen alcoholism, um, foreshadowing and hinting, and just flat out telling us what's going to happen later. Uh, okay, so this one, if you don't follow Stephen King memes on Instagram, you really should. Uh, it's a funny, it's a funny account. Uh, the work is very specific to. To Stephen King um, and very clever and one of the ongoing jokes is how much Stephen King loves hitting readers with lines like um, And that was the last time they ever saw each other again or and that was the last time anyone ever saw him alive um, And and this type of goal posting occurs on almost every page of this book um, Circles and cycles um, that's something that we see again and again and again in King's works. Um, Thumper says his last bomb is at the first place he started um, and did so to complete the circle. So, um, And then Easter Eggs. We have uh, number 19. Okay, We have 19 bombs. Okay, Number 19, of course, plays a significant role in the Dark Tower mythos. Shawshank Redemption. The movie is referenced, not the in-universe prison. The Ritual of Chud. Deadlights, and the quote, books are a uniquely portable magic. Uh, And um, this is Jamie quoting King towards the end of this book. This is a Stephen King quote that is quoted by Jamie um, in this novel. So, guys, later. It was good. I liked it. You'll like it too if you haven't read it. Though you should not be listening to this podcast. You shouldn't be 28 minutes into a podcast reviewing later uh if you haven't read it yet so um okay i was finally able to finish this uh podcast yo though it's just about a half an hour can't tell you how long it took me to actually record this uh episode to actually squirrel away the time uh to get it done it took place um over a, a couple sessions um which is crazy um and if you have thoughts on later, please write into stephenkingcast at yahoo.com. And if you haven't done so, please leave a review on iTunes. That, that really helps me out. Um, and the next time I will record, I would like to get back to my reviews where I had left off. I think that Rose Matter um, is next in uh, the, the Stephen King chronology. So I would get into the ending of Rose Matter. Um, and and pick up from from where I left off. Okay, everyone. um, May you have long days and pleasant nights, and I will see you here next time where M-O-O-N spells Stephen King cast.